Okay, which one's the record button? The one that says record. I got one that says stop recording. You know what? I think we're recording. I, that takes the record off of the Victrola and puts it over to the side. Put a record on. Do, 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 do. And for the younger members of the audience, back in the day when we listened to music, we had these big discs that looked like CDs. Actually, no, for the younger members of the audience, we used to store music on this plastic disc called a CD. Oh, now I feel even older. Okay, moving forward. Hello, and welcome to Hit in the Abyss. This is a homebrew Dungeons & Dragons campaign. I am Crash. I'll be your DM for the evening. Tonight's episode, our session, it's the 63rd session... I see you because I enjoy a good pun. Some people disagree on what the definition of good pun is. I won't fight them. I'll just ignore their opinions. They have a right to wrong ones. But moving forward, we have a collection of awesome people hanging out with us right now. We've got Archbeth hanging out in chat. We have Ellie. We have Ia. We have Matt. We have Millie hanging out. We have Eric. And we have Cindy hanging out. So um, we have our returning guest commentator. Who will be answering uh, this week's question, what happened last week? Yo, so this is the story all about how Team 2's mission got turned all upside down. Take a minute, just sit on there while we hear a story about how Bryn blew up six houses. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> anyway. I didn't blow up any houses. <laughs> I heard something about six houses being destroyed. So No. <laughs> there may have been a fire. I may owe Sanctimonious some apologies. You you, cha- you yeah. channeled your inner Sanctimonious. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say you Sanctimonious them. Um, so- <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I did. So, yeah, so uh, uh, Bryn decided to be really cool, and Bryn decided to be like, pow, 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 and use new Your spells. approval fills me with shame. Yes. <laughs> and then boom, 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 and all the houses went poof. And the thing is, is that even though like that might seem like a bad thing, I heard from um, a little birdie called the DM that the houses didn't have earthquake in, uh, insurance, but they did have fire insurance. So you may have done them a favor. So then, 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 then they were like, poof, poof, and they made up a bunch of other issues and a bunch of bad things happened. They're like, oh no! And then, and then, and then, and then. I forgot what happened in the middle there besides the fire part. But all I know is that you guys are about to start a fight because y'all are silly and y'all got into trouble. And you're going to fight a thing that's like, ah, it's a beholder. And you guys had the roll for initiative. And it's like, pew, 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 pew. Um, and you guys are like, oh, snap, crackle, pop, we messed up. And yeah, um, meanwhile, don't worry. You guys are definitely the ones who messed up, not me, who's currently um, inside of a jail, but not actually in jail. Oh, yeah, Kevin's there, too. Kevin is being Kevin and is uh, talking to all the Kevins in the universe, and somehow there's two on this one world, and no one understands why, and Kevin's like, that's weird, I should figure out why, I'm gonna go with you, boop ba doop ba doop and yeah. So the only correction I'm gonna give there is Kevin is not thoughtful enough to say, I'm going to go find out why. (laughs) (laughs) If he does think this, he is distracted before he attempts any kind of follow-through or vocalization. The only add-on I would say is that we all... We fought some spidery things, which was why Bryn was trying to set those things on fire. And oh, oh, I don't know, unfortunately, And Matt's character did a smart thing. I did? I missed it. I thought so. That's another out of context quote. I did? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, he's Matt's a wizard. Character- that's his job. 
that you discovered you, well, the fact that the spider things were constructs of your mind oh, that yeah, someone they were, created and not actually like rah, flesh and blood. Yeah. So kind of like the things that were in uh, Plantain earlier that we were like, what are those? And they're like, oh, they're constructed beings. And I was like, cool, they look cool because they have all the stitches. And everyone else was like, oh, no, don't touch them. Uh, except like, those were built cool. out of actual stuff. Yeah, and, and this one's an illusion. Yeah. No, it was more so, well, illusion covers it best, but it's more so. A physical illusion. It, yeah. If you're into Marvel Comics, <laughs> it was hard light. Hard light, there you go. Is that like Miller light, but... Kind of all seeds. Or hands. Oh, no, wait, that's, mil- that's a milliner light. Yes. The, the DM's going yeah, to hang so... his head and sigh. <laughs> so that's what happened and now they're gonna fight because they messed up and definitely not as bad as me even though i'm in jail on accident and definitely not as bad as orc mom who got caught trying to sneak into jail because we snuck into jail i have a question is bad yes. pun an oxymoronic phrase or a redundant phrase yes um, it is both <laughs> it is both and the worse it is the better if the person yes. you're telling it to groans in the way that page does on a regular basis, then you the have then you have something that deserves a chef's kiss in response. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very punny, but yeah, but yeah. Yay. So there's that, and have fun killing the dragon or whatever you're up against now. Undead beholders. I want one as a pet. That sounds bad. No. no you- <laughs> You've got to prove that you can handle a space shark first. Oh, yeah. I still got to get myself a space shark. <laughs> I think I'll pass on the space shark. <laughs> Wait for the moon to come back. There might be frequent good. travel to the moon. Oh, what, don't what worry about it. Marvel things going on. We had space sharks in Marvel. What's up? Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, and Bryn, uh, don't worry about the um, the crew of the um, spaceship that y'all see. Don't. It's, it's okay. How many of them are undead? None of them. A, uh, now I'm a, more concerned. A non-zero <laughs> number, but to be I fair, negative numbers are also not zeros. So that's a chance. I won't be on it, so it's not like it's going to have my hands. It'll just be, you know, uh, a lively crew that we're training up to uh, be seaworthy. I have some concerns. They may or may not be Kenku. <laughs> it may or may not be my entire family. Oh, no. <laughs> That's why we're breaking into jail. Because we have to get my mom out of jail. Why am I not surprised? I didn't want to do it. But we need a Navy, and Ash is the only person who knows how to sail a boat. So we had to recruit. <laughs> and the best way to re- recruit is to cross an international border and try to break into a local prison. Yes. It, it's a like you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you guys have fun killing the undead beholder. Um, let me know if I can have it as a pet. And uh, I'm going to let y'all have it. Have fun. Thank you. Bye. So these past two recaps are the only two I've heard in the page persona where I wasn't wondering if Millie was stopping to breathe. <laughs> I might have to speed them up. In any case, yeah. Um. It's time for initiative. Bryn, I have everyone else's. I will need yours, though. 21. <laughs> so um, you're the only player that got above a 15. Bryn went yesterday. Okay. Starting the initiative. Thing. I am very alert. Actually, no, I don't have that fate. Well, Imagine if I did, though. 
Well, currently, with a roll of 21, you were thinking on your feet. Um, and the thought process you had was that giant, giant floating corpse balls with too many eyes are, and giant gaping mouths are perhaps not meant to be friends. <laughs> Which is perhaps a 180 from other characters you've played in the past. <laughs> Indeed. But in this particular setting, with your particular background, you felt that rolling for initiative was a good call. So you've got one in front and one behind you. What would you like to do? I'm assuming Eric is towards the front. Quite As of right now, I'm kind of in the middle, I'm assuming. Eric got an initiative roll of five. So a picture, if you will. Oh, no. Er Eric's character is like, um, an MMO character that is running, but they're not moving because they're lagging right now. So you see Eric in a full charge, but just not going anywhere. He's just waiting for initiative five. Freedom! But yeah, with one in front of you and one behind you, whichever way Eric is, you can call that the front at this point, even if he wasn't in the front when this happened. I really should have prepared more or different combat spells today. I appreciate when Bryn didn't have any combat spells. That was not too long ago. It wasn't. And that's when I devised my theory that Bryn's a Time Lord and is also one of the most terrifying characters in this campaign. But continue. Unfortunately, these things are obviously undead, and undead tend to be immune to things like fear and charm, and therefore... My main option that doesn't do necrotic damage here is casting Scorching Ray again, which I will do with a fourth level spell slot at the one that is behind us. If okay. D&D Beyond will actually let me do anything, thank Hello? Oh, you don't think I'm logged in. That's the problem. Yes, I suppose D&D Beyond is doing the right thing. Random people are not allowed to cast Bryn's spells. All I right, there's it. my last fourth level spell slot, and now I roll all the dice. I'm just imagining Paige finding Bryn's character sheet and going, buttons! <laughs> Actually, no, it'd be Chroma. Chroma That's Chroma. Bryn's character sheet and press all of the buttons. <laughs> we just see, like, ev everyone's in a coffee shop, and suddenly Bryn starts casting every spell she has randomly. <laughs> because Chroma's like, what does this do? <laughs> Get out of the mech, Chroma. Okay, so the 25 25, hits, the 18, hits. 26, 14, 12. Uh, the 14 and 12 will miss. The others are hits. All right. It does not appear to be immune to fire damage. Good. 17 points. I will note that. Okay. Anything else? Nope. I am not a sorcerer, and I cannot cast quickened spells. Sometimes you give a rousing monologue. And I, I appreciate that the episode that went live yesterday in the RSS feed was the one where I got to use a line for Seelin that I had been dying to use for a very long time. Not now. I'm monologuing. <laughs> you sly but, dog. But never mind about it. Uh, he, he was having the time of his life. Or um, life. Continuity is weird. Um, Ulfgar, you're up. Oh, okay. Uh, I did roll well, didn't I? Uh, all right, so Bryn has chosen our target of the day. Let's see. I'm going to see. Let's look at my cantrips. Since I don't know 
what they're capable of doing against magic. They look blind in that central eye, so that can't be great. None of their eyes look like they do, like, like they are fully functional. They look like the eyes of, say, a corpse. Hmm. All right. And Bryn did fire damage, so we're going to open up with a firebolt at the same one Bryn did. I'm trying to watch to see if these might be more constructed things like our previous encounter with the spider creature. The plus sign there. There we go. All right, that is a 22 on the same orbish thing that Bryn fired at with her scorching ray. I assume a 22 will hit. will hit. Roll. It uses uncanny dodge. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Crash, sir. Yes, sir. I Do you mind if I use... I apologize. Do you mind if I use the D&D Beyond roll thing? I'm... I have never mandated any particular method of rolling. So, yes, if you want to play with their new alpha feature, which at the time of this recording is less than a week old, you have my envy because they have not enabled that in the encounter tracker, only for characters. So, yes, go ahead. Understand. I am going to use this. Awesome. I know, right? Okay, so that's 11 points of fire damage, I see. Yep, to the same one. Now, what I'd like to do is see if it reacts any differently, bizarre, like the spider creatures seem to react like regular creatures. Um, well, currently, uh, you might have to wait until Initiative 8 to find out. Okay. All right. Mazir. Uh, I cast Darkness on the pommel of my dagger and then run so that the other undead beholder, the one that isn't being attacked, is just within the Darkness Cloud. Okay. Anything else? And, uh, yeah, I'll put Hexblade's Curse on that one. Okay. It is now Initiative 8, and that's when the Undead Beholder Zombies, which is kind of redundant, get to do their thing. So, Beholder Zombie number 1, or Zombie A, is currently within a Sphere of Darkness. How big is the sphere? I gotta double check, just a second. I want to say it's 15 feet. Yes, it's a 15-foot radius. Okay. And Beholder Zombies are considered large, and they're floating off the ground. But you have definitely encompassed that central eye. Um, one of the eye stalks is just peeking out above your sphere of darkness. Not all of them are, but one of them is. It shoots a beam, and let's see. It's going to go for Kevin. No, not Kevin. Not the NPC. Yeah. Saving throw. Okay. Yeah, this is fine. Kevin's a tank. Kevin is not a tank. <laughs> He's got a high constitution. Narrator, he did not have a high. Kevin is not moving. Kevin is, is paralyzed. Ah. Okay. And Beholder Zombie number two, who is still alive, well, still unalive, just very badly burned. Um, let's let's do two roll. roll. What beam is it going to? It has several to choose from. Ah, that one. Okay. And now let's see. Who's it going to go for? We have a target-rich environment. Well, slightly target-rich because Mazir is currently within a sphere of darkness. So Mazir is off the table. So to speak. You know, you have a, a nice plump uh, uh, person from, from Plantain here you can hit. Just come over. I invite you all to attack me. Okay, give me a constitution saving throw. Yay. <laughs> hey, having the fighter make a con save. Yay. This is, by the way, a coincidence because I rolled to, to randomly see who would be hit and I didn't end up <laughs> rolling for Eric to be the target. Roll was a 26. Okay, you are not paralyzed. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. It was all it was great. All I had to do was press one button to constitution blast in and it rolled for me. It was wonderful. And um the beholder that is on currently slightly on fire says Return the window. I'm sorry. You're attacking us over home renovations? 
Uh, it also attempts to bite Eric, but that doesn't go well. I rolled it. <laughs> Eric, it's your turn. Would you like to attack into the darkness, which is a trope and perfectly allowable, or attack the one that is currently... Well, would you like to go into the light because fire does cause some illumination? Um, both of these will result in similar effects, I guess. I would like to talk to my sword to tell him that we are going to go ahead and have a good time. That would be great. And I hope he would he would bless me with his, his wonderment as I slice uh, and attack using my longsword to the, the light in front of me. Let me roll by, by clicking on this. Okay. I appreciate the... We're going to use Branding Smite. I appreciate the wonderful language that you're using for this. This is the mark of a good paladin. I appreciate it strongly. It warms my non-existent heart because I'm a sword now. So therefore, you know, no actual heart. But you get the idea. You know what I'm trying to say. But still, let's hit something. There's a, there's a 17 hit. Yes. I assume you're attacking right. one on fire. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, 17 hits. Okay, we're going to do eight points of damage for the slashing. And then we're going to, with the blending smile, it's going to be four points of damage. And at four points of uh, radiant damage, we are going to attack again. Um, sword. Ooh. A seven is not going to hit. No, a seven is unfortunately going to miss. Dag and Nabbit. Both it would have been time. a leg sweep, but, you know, giant foot and work. <laughs> Well, guys, at least I got to it one time. Okay, next up is Kevin's turn. He gets to repeat his saving throw. A three is not sufficient. Oh, no. That, uh, that is higher than his previous roll by one. Oh, no. <laughs> at least he hasn't crit failed yet. Game mechanics-wise, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Bryn, it is your turn. Well, I think I will... Wait, um, how damaged does the one we're attacking look? Not bloodied, but they've taken 30 points of damage so far? No, you ever take 40. Close enough? 40 points. Okay. Um, you can see more of the skull than you could before. All right. Um, I, I will cast Scorching Ray again, and I will consume my fifth le- remaining fifth level spell slot to do so. Okay. Um... So, um, let me real quick, okay. Okay, I see one, two, three, three hits. All right. 27 fire damage. Oh, that's much much more sixes and fives. (laughs) So the number of hit points that it had left, you've taken over half of them. Excellent. It is very bloodied. And I assume a bit on fire. It hasn't stopped being on fire since the first Scorching Ray, but yes. In the distance, sirens. Except, no, no sirens. This town is abandoned. You feel a little unnerved that it might be too close to the buildings to either side of you. You have moved considerably far away from the well that Kevin used earlier. Also, Kevin's currently out of action. All right, next up is Ulfgar. Yeah. All right, well, it doesn't like fire. Fire doesn't seem overly any more effective, but... I think it might be time to put this thing out in case it starts wandering around while flame and setting other things on fire. So we're going to try a ray of frost at it. Get him, Ray. Yep, get him, Ray. Never not funny. Also, I missed my opportunity with, with uh, Bryn catching Squishing Ray twice. Yep. That's <laughs> uh, a 10. I don't think that's going to hit. No, it's not. I uh, also must interject for a moment. I have to go pick up my son, and so I will be gone for probably about an hour. Okay. 
going to load up your character sheet. I'm assuming you will be throwing a lot of cantrips. Uh-huh. Actually, that is my intention because I don't want to use up a ton of spell slots at this point. That's a mood. Okay. Moving on forward. Mazir, you are in a sphere of darkness, and it's all your fault. Neat. <laughs> um, I am going to close on the beholder that's currently inside the sphere of darkness and put the dagger in it. Okay. That will be an attack roll. A 16 just crosses the line. Yes. You have successfully stabbed oh, right. the undead beholder zombie with a dagger. And I'm leaving the dagger in it. Ooh, nice. I expected as much, but please roll your damage for the dagger as well. Uh, six. Okay. So, um, if you can't be seen, does that allow oh, you sorry. to sneak attack damage? And what about Hexblade's curse? Uh, that's, that's ten because of the Hexblade's And also, it can't see you. So wouldn't that allow sneak attack? Um, yeah, I guess it would since I have advantage on the... So what you're saying is Ellie just turned into John Cena. So the 16 still hit. Well, yes, but I'm also talking about roll your sneak attack damage. I was rolling to see if I crit. Well, good call. So that's another 15 in sneak attack damage. Okay. And then I'm going to use my bonus action to attack with my short sword. Let it not be said that I am an unkind and unforgiving DM. I mean, <laughs> It is often true, but don't say it. Um, by the and way, that 25. 25 is going to hit. For another 27 damage. So the rest of the party is working hard at Zombie B, and Mazir just decides, I'm going to be a chipper shredder. A dark chipper shredder. <laughs> <laughs> and now the darkness sphere moves with the beholder. It tries to run. Next thing you know. um, it is actually going to attempt to bite you. It cannot see you, so I'm rolling a disadvantage. A four with its bonus to hit, is not going to do it, I'm certain. What is your AC again? 16. Yeah, uh, but the one that is trying to bite you is also saying, window. And the one that's on fire is saying window at the exact same time. So you're getting a bit of a stereo effect. Sorry, I run Linux. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to not laugh at that, but I'm warning that inspiration anyway. That's a good one. That's That's a good one. Beholder... Zombie B is going to try to take a bite out of Eric. Yay! That is... And I appreciate that Eric is saying yay because he knows that if it's attacking him, then he's tanking. I am doing my job. Yes. Um, it's bonus to hit for a bite. Uh, that takes it to a 16. That will be a miss. It goes crunch, crunch on your armor, but the crunching is actually teeth breaking. <laughs> it's okay. It's not going to need those teeth much longer. And somewhere many, many miles away... A small burb war warlock has their non-existent ears because bird perk up. Never mind. Um, it's also going to use a random ray. So which ray? Are we Probably not scorching. No, that's not one of its options. Uh, but that is a different one than previous. Um, and who is it going to use it on? Well, Kevin is paralyzed. Mazir is in darkness. That gives us three other options. Oh, Eric again. Yay! Yeah, this time I want you to give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, 15. You make it. Woohoo! Yeah. So right now, all you're seeing is that this thing has a bunch of flashlights stuck to its head. Because these rays are doing nothing. M maybe you need to change the battery. But it's their turn. Eric, you're up. Let us attack the one I was just attacking, because I would like to hit it more than once per turn. That would be a plan. That can definitely be yep. a plan. So we're going to switch it up a little bit. Instead of using uh, Burning Smite, we're going to use Wrathful Smite. <clears throat> Let me do a attack. First attack is a crit miss. Dang it. There right. is a small pothole 
Actually, that's actually a really large <laughs> pothole. That was not there before. Except, it totally, no, it totally was there before. It was like that when we got here. You should probably put up a sign or something. The second attack was a 24. That will hit. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and wrap. I need the Beholder to roll Wisdom 12. Oh, zombies are very... <laughs> Actually, it does have a bonus to saving throws. For... That is to die. Uh, that is an 8. <laughs> 6 plus 2. That's okay. Raffle Smite Damage is a 1. You win some, so... you lose some. <laughs> so how much damage total, including the smite? Okay, so it's going to be 3 plus 4, so 7, 8 damage total. Sorry, guys. Even with this, I don't roll very good. That's okay. This thing is... If it had legs, it would be on the last of them. <laughs> Let's do this. It is Kevin's turn. I get to make a saving throw. I'm going to roll in chat because this die is not rolling well for me. Hey! He makes it. Kevin Excellent. breaks free of the paralyzing ray, but he had to make that save at the end of his turn so he doesn't get to do anything this turn. Next up is Bryn. I am going to find out if these are immune to necrotic damage. I cast Told the Dead on the one we've been setting on fire, attempting to ray of frost, it, smiting, etc. So, wisdom saving throw a DC 16. That's a 6. 4 plus 2. Alright. Ah, what did I do? No. 21 points of necrotic. So, if it's immune to necrotic, nothing. If it's resistant, hopefully... Um. The DM has made a mistake. His mouse is a fancy one that has buttons on the side. He grabbed the mouse wrong. And apparently one of those fancy buttons on the side is the back button. Oh, no! So give me a second here. Um, Mazir, what was your initiative? Do you remember? I want to say 11. 11. And Eric was 5. I remember the others. Brim was 20-something. Well, 21, I believe. Ulfgar was 15. I actually remember the the stats for the NPCs. So that's good. Um, beholders. One of these was, one was, okay. I have approximated what they were at. So, um, is it immune or resistant to necrotic? Because if not 21 necrotic damage. How do you want to do this? I spent all that time putting their hit points back the way they were. <sighs> right. Yes. They had 18 hit points left after Eric's last swipe. Well, it's undead. And when... Undead take necrotic damage. I figure that it's sort of like you... Well, they're animated by necrotic energy, sure, but... And you're putting necrotic energy into it. In ways it doesn't like. This could go one of two ways. And neither of them is something I'd want to be next to. Sort of um, the magical equivalent of a balloon popping. Okay. Um, everyone in the vicinity would be covered with undead beholder guts, except they vaporize before, well, not before contacting Eric. He gets a faceful, uh, cause he's oh, like right there, gosh. but it then <laughs> immediately disintegrates and Eric, like you remember how it felt. It's not there anymore. You don't currently feel it, but you still kind of feel it. And yeah, this is totally, my soul. and this is totally not revenge for something that happened to my adorable little kobold <laughs> on a Sunday game. More than frickin' once. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about either. We're, we're just playing a game here. Um, so, Bryn has successfully defeated one of the undead beholders. The other one you can't even see. I mean, it's gone. Uh, but that's that floating orb of darkness. Uh, and to quote Ulfgar, that's bad. 
So Ulfgar is going to decide that fire damage is working pretty well because it has been working pretty well. So he's going to toss out a firebolt. I get to click the little die thing in D&D Beyond because at the time we're recording, this is a brand new feature. Look at that die roll. Um, nice. I, ro- I rolled a B. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's a crit. Um, so it's going to 11 plus 11 plus 13 for the damage. Damage is noted. Um, we have crossed the line into bloodied for the second beholder. Mazir. Um, I'm going to cut it with a sword. An unusual strategy. Most people are using fire spells. Yes. Hasn't damaged her yet. Not enough to hellish rebuke. Or did you already hellish rebuke? It, it didn't no, hit here once. I haven't been damaged. Okay. It, it attempted. It did not do well. I thought so, but as soon as I said it, I was like, what if it did and ADHD just said no? <laughs> well, it's also fog of war, so uh, it's valid. Dirty 20? A dirty 20 will hit. And it can't see me. It's still sneak attack damage. You're absolutely right. Wow. For 30 damage. How do you wish to do this? Wow. I cleave it down the middle and reclaim my dagger as it's disintegrating. Your dagger is not even... Well, yeah, I'm going to say you you did more points of damage than it had left. I'm going to say with your dexterity, the dagger doesn't hit the ground. You grab it as it falls. And I dismiss the darkness as I do so. Okay. Wow. And for those who don't remember, Mazir can see in magical darkness, which is why those rolls got to be as awesome as they are. Okay, and um, we are successfully out of combat because there are no more opponents, and Kevin looks visibly shaken. I do not know what they were talking about regarding windows, but that seems like something we should investigate. That's actually why I was in the house over there. I was checking the windows. I didn't see anything. They probably mean a magical window unless someone stole windows from the tower and they think they need to get it back anyway we'll have to go to the tower to find out yeah i didn't really stick around to ask them questions most of the times i saw them because one one of those i-beam things disintegrates stuff yeah oh out of character neat side effect i get healed to full when it dies oh my gosh it's like you dinged but no, that's not canon. You did not do, <laughs> do not level up your character. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, not healed. I happened to get healed to full. I get seven hit points back, and I was only down two. Okay. So you continue through the streets. Is there anything you want to do while you're walking? Sing a jaunty tune or something? I think we should be We're quiet. We're so quiet. We're so quiet. <laughs> that's the second time tonight that that song has been referenced. Thinking about the... <laughs> well, I, I, I asked, didn't want to be the one to say I asked group one if they could roll the stealth check, and Fahim said, may I say no? <laughs> and then she rolled over 20, so, you know. She was not actively trying to be stealthy. She, was, she had re- resting stealth. But jokes aside, is there anything that you're looking for on your way, other than let's make sure we keep pointing towards the tower? I'm keeping my eye out for people. Other than that, not really. Okay. Uh, give me a perception check. No. I okay, then you see nothing. Also. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a natural 20 for a 30. I think I broke crash. No, the DM is looking something up. <laughs> because I have to determine what that nat 20 lets you see. Oh. 
Okay, so I have already previously described this scenery as looking incredibly gloomy, as if rather than this town being sucked into the Shadowfell, they found a town in the Shadowfell and pulled it here, neither of which is necessarily a, a pleasant sensation. There's a lot of like mist or smoke in the air. You've got a lot of atmospheric perspective going on so that at a certain distance, visibility is greatly reduced. You are expected to keep your speed below 30 miles per hour if you're driving through this and have your highlight, your uh, headlights on. You cannot see the, the sun at all. You're not entirely sure it's day with how gloomy everything is. It might be a magical gloominess. You don't know for sure. There are shadows everywhere. Of course, for Mazir, we're also going to say it's just Saturday. Because Mazir can see in darkness even if it's magical. Because Mazir has that ability as i think that's that's a warlock ability correct yeah okay so um so you see the great big pile of bones that is lurking in that one shadow there it's it's cool. high up it it's um and a roof that the, the building is recessed a bit where most buildings go up to the street this one there is a walkway that's maybe five feet with the roof extending to the street anyway um basically to give like a patio area. It might've been a place of business when the town was a bit more lively. Uh, not currently though. Right. Gotcha. Um, and clinging to the roof, uh, the underside of the roof, looking down at you is something that it looks very skeletal, but it doesn't look necessarily like it was human when it was alive. There's like ripped muscles and tendons that are covering it. It's got skin that, defines every rib in the rib cage it is dressed in tatters of a robe and it's staring directly at the party and it looks something like that Dear. yes it's got very very large arms and very long claws on its hands and we've been playing for close to an hour so what do you say we take a short break oh, yeah. a really good idea okay gonna press buttons And we're back, but not from outer space. That's a different group, and they're not back from space yet. So um, where we left off, you saw a skeletal thing with arms that are way too large staring at you from the darkness. No one else in the party has noticed it. Ellie, you there? I'm here. Okay. Um, no, this is not the time to assume that it will go away. Or that it's friendly. What if you just ignore it? I dog, hear ignore dog, it. dog! 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 <laughs> You know, the Do last I have inspiration time I could hear... back? Yes, you make me laugh. The last time we heard dogs in the background, they did not end up on the recording. Sorry. It's fine. How far away is it? It's about 20 feet. 20 feet as the raven familiar flies. Um, I cast Armor of Agathus, point and say, Armor up, we've got incoming. The, can the rest of us see it now? Or um, is it in magic Give darkness? me perception checks. It's not magical darkness, but it may have, in fact, attempted to use the hide action. Alas, this is probably active, so I don't get to use my 20 passive perception, but I am proficient, which is something. Um, 16? Uh, now that it's been pointed out, yes, you do see a shadowy figure 
attached to a ceiling, looking down at Wesley, you. I would like to make an arcana check. What are you attempting to discover by this arcana check? Is that a type of undead I know anything about? Okay. Why do you keep rolling so low on my arcana checks? Because you attempted to kill the person who was teaching you? Yes, but I learned about a lot of horrible things before that. (laughs) I love that this is all canon. (laughs) And in character. So, um, with a 14, um, the thing it resembles most is a zombie. But zombies tend to resemble decaying versions of what they were in life. And you don't know of any humanoid with arms and claws like that. So if it is a zombie, it's been given some aftermarket addition. You have a suspicion, because your roll is over 10, that it is not in fact a zombie. It is probably undead, but probably some other kind. Okay. I... Should I roll... Should we be rolling initiative or... Um, if you'd like to roll for initiative, this would be a good time to do it. I've had too many instances where I threw something undead at a party and you befriended it. So I'm assuming that seven is your roll for initiative? Indeed. Okay. Everyone else can do the same. And by do the same, I mean you are allowed to roll a seven. Uh, 13 for me. Ulfgar got a 10. Nine. Here got a nine. Well, that's not so good. Okay. Ah, so the initiative is starting. At 18, this creature jumps down. And lands in your mist. Not in your mist, but in your... There's a D in there. But whatever. Um, and it is going to use an ability it has. Um, oh, so dear. I'm going to ask each of you to make a DC... Well, I'm not going to tell you the DC. Uh, a constitution saving throw. 27. Okay, that's going to no! make it. Hey. Oh, you make it easily. Um, is yeah. going to be happy for those two hit points she got back. Yeah. And I should... Yeah, I did roll. That's why I rolled. You know, I'm going to use the insp- that inspiration to re-roll. Okay. Yeah, it literally cannot get worse. I mean, that's not <laughs> worse. <laughs> uh, five is unfortunately not going to do it. That's not a crit fail, though. It is not a crit fail, so there is that. Okay, so when it jumps down, it is going to make a, a move for Kevin... And that's a contested roll. Kevin does not do well against it because this thing is... It doesn't look like it lifts. Well, it's, it's got the arms for it. It's, give me a lever that's large enough and a fulcrum in the right place and you can move the earth. Um, so it has grabbed Kevin in one of its arms. Kevin is saying, nope, 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 nope. And then he's gone. And the uh. reason why I asked you to all make saves was because there's um there is an event. Afterwards, you're not exactly sure exactly what happened. This creature was there. It was, it had grabbed onto Kevin and then neither of them was there anymore. And there was a lot of pain. Now, those of you who made your saves, you're not taking any actual damage. Uh, With the five that Mazir rolled, you are taking 34 points of necrotic damage. Does that count as an attack? It, um, well, it's not here anymore. So if you were attempting Hellish Rebuke, against what? No, I'm attempting I'm attempting Uncanny Dodge. Um, no, it's not an attack because you were making a save against it. Okay. Uh, hang on one more one more thing. I've got to check. Uh, no, that's a deck saving throw. Okay. All right, you said 34? Yes. Okay. Okay. And you do not see it anymore, even with your incredibly high perception checks. Are we still in initiative? No. Okay. I will expend some 
third level spell slots, false life, um, and now have 16 temporary hit points. But I will not have 16 temporary hit points for long, because then I cast life transference. Bryn's number of health points is kind of like the stock market. And I go back to the number of temporary hit points I had before because the amount of necrotic damage I did to myself was enough to leave me with one temporary hit point left. And (laughs) Mazirk will heal 30 hit points. Well, okay. Uh, That was the wrong button. (laughs) Did you just do 30 hit points to you? (laughs) Yes. Did you go down? Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) I didn't think so, because even the wizard, well, yeah, there's more than one wizard, but even Ulfgar has 100 hit points when he's at max health. No, I would have been bloodied, but not, okay. wait, I've only got it. You've only got how many? 80. Ah, well, we Ulfgar's got a plus three max. to con. I was going to yeah. say. So, um, yeah, you are now alone in a dark street, minus one Kevin. There are some parties that would take this as a boon. Let's keep going. He wasn't supposed to be here, and now he's not here. So we have to focus. Yes. Yes. Keep going. And um, hopefully quickly. I'm down to first and second level spells. Um, Ulfgar suggests that maybe you find a place to take a rest for a while to recharge some of these spell slots. That's probably a good idea. We can find an abandoned house. Where are you going Anywhere to find an abandoned house? Anywhere along these streets, I think. <laughs> And uh, I'm not going to require you to roll to break in. Huh. Um, any of the houses are actually unlocked. The few that are are not locked with any mechanism that would give Mazir any trouble whatsoever. <laughs> and also, technically, it's her barony. She can do what she wants. <laughs> I declare yeah, eminent but... domain. Kick the door in. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. I am going to ritual cast alarm. At all the points of potential entrance I can find. Okay. Um, I so can we're going, stay up. So huh? I'm, I'm going to assume that you set up some method of determining who stays up when for a watch. And you've got alarm set up at all the obvious entry points. Well, all the ones that you can find. Uh, give me a perception check. All right. Um, are you sure I can't give you an investigation? I will, I'll uh, assist with the perception. I'll assist with the check. All right, that will give me advantage. Um, okay. 19. Yep, every entry that you can find, you have um, an entry that is traditional or non-traditional. Let's phrase it like that, that you can find. Uh, you have cast alarm on. It, it took you a significant amount of time. Long rest is going to take a little bit longer because of, that's a 10-minute cast each time. But you got yeah. it. Um, and I'm going to assume that you have set up some type of schedule for who's taking first watch, second watch, third watch, or whatever. Uh, someone roll me a d6. The first number I see or hear is what counts. Eo is very quick on the rolls, and that is... So uh, is Ellie. But, yeah. so is, but so is Ellie. Ellie, Ellie wins with a six. Or do you win with a six? Oh, well. Um, I'm gonna check in there. A mouse comes through a mouse hole. It, it's a subspecies of mouse called the klaxon mouse. I was figuring it was... One of the unusual entry points to the alarm. <laughs> well, that too. A 30-second Bob appears. It is very happy to see you. Um, so far as you are able to tell, um, nothing eventful in your vicinity occurs. Um, 
Kevin might have different opinions at this point, but he's not really here to share that information with you. So, so we can press the long rest button? You may press the glorious, wonderful, glittering, shiny long rest button. And I can unprepare Scorching Ray. <laughs> it worked so well in the last combat. Well, combat before last. You get the idea. And yet. Okay. And I should probably mm-hmm. press that button for Ulf. Long rest taken. Ulfgar's back to full. All right. Um, so after your long rest, you get up and the lighting situation has not really changed so much. So you're beginning to really lose track of time in this situation. Um, direction's okay. You've got that giant spire of it. Well, well, it was a spire last time you looked at it. Now it's kind of like a zigzag. Oh, no, no. Now it's more of a mountain. Uh, but basically the tower is the central point that you can focus on. You know you're going in the right direction. The bigger it gets, on average the closer you are. And I am going to say that at this point, um, after a bit more walking and nothing else that you could see, um, you have reached a wall that goes around the tower. It's it's a fairly low wall. It's about 15 feet tall. There is um, a somewhat battered looking wooden gate with a portocollis um, the gate is open. The portcullis is raised. By raised, do you mean? I mean, you can walk underneath it. The moment you're walking okay. underneath, you might feel a little trepidation because there's big iron spikes pointing directly down at your head. But you can walk under it. Um. How to make the party nervous? Yeah. I would like to roll investigation. <laughs> I would would like to figure out if those things are going to come down on our heads if we walk through. You are certainly allowed to make that roll. 23? Okay, so here is what you know. One, you see no sign that any mechanical failure or event will occur walking underneath them that will cause them to drop. With that said, it does not require a roll for you, a very intelligent wizard, to realize that this tower has been constantly changing the entire time it has been within view. Ah. So... Seeing no mechanical means for this to occur does not rule it out. I, um, I, I rather more brute force it. I take a dash action to move under the portcullis. Okay. Can I go you... over the portcullis? How do you attempt to do that? Well, I am one halfling in a flying magical cloak. Okay. So you ask the cloak nicely, and it lifts you uh-huh. up and over the wall and lands you on the other side. Um, on your Thank way you. up and over the wall, you see that there are battlements spread across the wall. They're very low key. Um, they're, they're not like you would see outside the wall of most castles. Uh, the wall almost is an afterthought in its construction. Um, I mean, it'd be effective, but maybe not against an army. Um, it's possible that it doesn't really need a lot of protection against an army. Who knows? But yeah. there are spots along the walls that have... Uh, ballista and also some small trebuchet placements, none of which appear to currently be armed or manned. That's something. Okay. And with the dash action uh, that Mazir takes, you get underneath the portocollis. It makes no move against you. It is, imagine if you will, a gazebo. <laughs> okay. So, Red Rover, Red Rover calling Eric over? Maybe. Eric chooses to sit this one out. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely not a magic shield in here that Eric might want. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we talking about? And probably nothing in there that needs to be fought. Yeah, yeah, definitely I mean, combat. 
I mean, the tower first, was first the all, source for all the monsters. It doesn't mean they're there anymore. They probably all left. First of all, I have been trying to find uh, food in my pack because I am, Eric has been really hungry lately. Uh, with all this fighting going on, so he must, he's replenishing. Uh, so forgive him uh, for for not uh, figuring out what's going on. However, he has decided to trans to 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 peek over since everybody else is looking at him like um, kind of weirdly and expecting him nodding. Um, so uh, Eric is going to go over and see what's going down. Also, uh, Eric might also be playing Seven Days to Die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. He 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 got it for the switch. He had that out and was playing it. Like the Wi-Fi here sucks. No, you have to. Yeah, you forget. My my wife and I. Um, my wife and I, just to kind of occupy some time uh, during during the week. Uh, my wife has been having issues, but you don't have to. Um, my wife has been having issues with her computer lately, so we ended up buying her another computer, a really really good computer, AMD Ryzen nine computer. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, so she wanted to play and I was like, all right, fine. I'll play a little bit. And then Tyler came on. So we're playing with my little brother. So it's a family thing going on, even though I am playing here. Um, so that being said, let's go investigate the tower. Oh, certainly. And, um, but the real question about Leanne's computer is, will it play crisis on full? Oh boy. Will it, will it? A 16 you know they're remaking core... that. Yes, I know. A 16 core 32 thread computer. I am pretty excited about that. When it's idling, it just spends its time finding a cure for like every known disease and then deleting it to do it again because it just needs something to do with this massive intelligence to be given. Brain the size of a planet. That's correct. It's all right. If you guys know me at all, um, I am a huge computer nerd. So We're, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons online. <laughs> I mean, I, yes, I, but I, I want to point that out. Hardware. Okay, moving uh, forward. Moving forward. You are all within the courtyard. Ulfgar also had no problems. Um, as you take a few more steps towards the front gates of the tower itself, the por- protocols does slam down with a very uh, scraping metallic sound as it closes and a bit of an impact sound against the stone as it hits. And then the wooden door slams shut. Um, uh, I really wasn't expecting that one. Well, we probably weren't going out the same gate we came in anyway. I mean, that was currently the only gate. But, yeah. Well, yes, I mean, because it keeps changing. So it wouldn't be the same gate? Possibly. You haven't <laughs> seen this wall change. Ah. The tower, yes. The wall, no. Okay, that's interesting, then. Does it? Do, you, do, do we notice if it shifts inside by any chance, or is it just out? Uh, give me an investigation check. I would also accept can I, Arcana. Can, can I give it can to I... Bryn? Because <laughs> I'm not helping very much. Sure, what am I Arcana-ing? Um... Eric's question was, is it just the tower changing or is it other stuff? All right. I will see if I can give him an answer. 25. It seems to be localized to the structure that is the tower and anything that's physically attached to it outside of the ground. Um, It still seems to be altering itself when you're not looking at it, which raises some philosophical questions because... This is working differently for each of you. So one of you could be looking at it, not looking away. The other person looks away and looks back. It looks different to person two. Mm, I understand. All right. That's a building level effect. Probably some illusion in there as well as the obvious 
transmutation effects. Um, it might even be bigger on the inside. So the portcullis slammed shut as soon as the whole party was through? It waited a little bit, but once you were a significant dis- different, uh, distance away, it did slam shut. When, hmm. when you say you, do you specifically mean me? Uh, I mean the party. Okay. You were one of the first ones through, and you took the dash action. It waited until everyone else right. walked in. Okay. So currently, uh-huh. you are outside the tower, looking at the main double doors that appear to be made of a thick oak with iron banding. So, good news and bad news. Yes. You left the key in your other pants. I'm pretty sure it recognizes me. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Uh, how does that happen? Probably similar to, well, I wouldn't say, sorry, sorry, I, 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 my brain broke in the middle of trying to say things. Uh, it's allergy, heck. Sorry. Um. In addition to all the other gloom and depressing stuff that's happening in the Barony of Kavrim, there's also <laughs> a lot of pollen in the air. So yes, that is adding to the atmospheric no! perspective. Oh, that's a good question that Archbreath asked. Did you resummon Chip during your long rest? I can't have it. Uh, I need a brazier and incense. And since I do not have a bag of holding in my inventory. Okay. So we are currently chipless. Yeah. All right. I'll approach the doors and try to open them. Okay. Um, the doors have those stereotypical uh, design where there's these giant iron rings that are on mm-hmm. either of the double doors. And you go and you pull on that. And uh, imagine, if you will, again, stereotypical, horribly done, B-movie quality creaking door sound as you pull this door open. Well, it seems to have a sense (laughs) for the dramatic. From Hollywood Sound Effects Volume 2. Then you hear Wilhelm scream for no reason whatsoever. No, not true. And inside is what appears to be a darkened uh, chamber. Uh, Mazir, you can definitely see pillars to um, either side that are spaced evenly. It appears to be a tiled floor with a black and white checkerboard pattern. And this goes further than your dark vision can see. That's a big room. Checkerboard. Uh, uh, d- to be clear, I can see in darkness up to 120 feet. The DM does remember this feature. Okay. Uh, I'm going to check for traps. Okay. I'm going to light my torch and uh, assist with that so that you get the advantage. Okay, give me a perception check. Okay, I already have advantage on that. Oh. But Bryn helped. 24. Oh, with a 24, uh, you do not see any traps. However, you also re- know this thing that I've pointed out to Bryn, where you are entering a building that changes. So not seeing yes. a trap is not the same thing as there not being one there, but you don't like you don't say, oh, well, that's obviously a tripwire. You see that right there? It's just a few inches off the ground. It's very thin, hard to notice, but there it is. You don't see any of that. You don't see any pressure plates. You don't see that one tile has a bit of an outline around it where it's obviously designed to move down a little bit when you step on it. None of this. Okay. Then I will proceed into the hallway. Okay. I will follow into the hallway, but I would cast Divine Sense. Hold on, everybody. I have cast a spell. The DM is wow. back in shock. What does Divine Sense do? 
Divine Sense, until the end of your next turn, you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or another location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet. I figure since we're entering this little hallway, I can kind of give us a heads up. Yes, and guess what? A fiend lying in wait would not count as a trap to be detected. So that's a useful spell to cast. Um, With that said, you are certain that within 60 feet of you, there are no locations that have had the hollowed spell cast on it. And also, no Celestials, Fiends, although there's a slight glow from Mazir, but it might just be because Tifa. Um, or Undead. Okay, guys, there's nothing Undead around here that I can tell so far. 61 feet away, there's just this wall Six, of 60 Baylor. feet. Yeah, 61 feet away is where there's the wall of high-level demons ready to fight you. But, but you only went for 60 feet. No, no, guys, don't go for, past this line yet. Wait, let them cast a spell first. There we go. And at the Hello. bottom it says trademark plantain TM. <laughs> Did I already give you inspiration tonight? I have never had inspiration in the last you probably got month it. and a half. You just got it. Two months. You just got it. Yay! I can check the box. And I do believe Matt has returned. I have. Hola, okay. Mateo. Hello. So I got to roll for one attack from you, your firebolt crit. Well, at least it was you. <laughs> um. So it's not, it's not just a me thing. It's whenever... My wizards throw firebolts. <laughs> and 46 of fire damage. Now that, that is one problem that I should probably put a bug report in for that wonderful dice roller that's built into the alpha thing for, uh, for subscribers now. Um, it doesn't recognize that you just rolled a 20 to crit, even yeah. if you click on the thing for that spell. So I had to press the button twice to roll damage. But still, <gasps> I know it, it was a hardship. I had to do math. <laughs> math. Do you math. understand this? I do. <sighs> Seriously. Fortunately, basic math is a strong suit for me, so it's usually not a problem. <laughs> um, so to recap, a giant skeletal thing grabbed Kevin and teleported away, doing damage to Bazir. Bazir got healed back up again, mostly, from Bryn casting False Life, and then using that horrible spell that takes life away and gives it to somebody else. So it wasn't really life that was given, but it was False Life that was... Whatever. Um, everyone had a long rest. I pressed that button for you. So if you haven't reloaded your character sheet, go ahead. Oh, I should. Yes. And you have, you have now entered Castle Kavrim. Oh, yay. We finally got to where we were going. Yes. Well, Mazir entered Castle Kavrim. Eric followed. Uh, I don't know about the rest of you. Well, I'm planning to follow Mazir and Eric into Castle Kavrim. Okay. Bryn, do you also follow? I just did, I did just say, oh dear, and my thing didn't pick it up did it uh, uh that or the dm forgot because matt came in and then the dm lost his train of thought which is also possible no i said find out uh, i said it in response to uh just now and it didn't okay Get well i'm hearing up. you now so you've all entered the castle which is fantastic because the dm did not want a situation where he says the next thing and one of you says oh but i was i hadn't gone in yet <laughs> the the single door of the double doors that are the entrance that mazir opened um, once you are all inside, it does slam shut much faster than Mazir was able to pull it open. There was a lot of resistance pulling it open, but it slams shut very quickly. Um, but however, something else I should point out when you've gone in far enough to reach the first set of pillars to either side of you, and the pillars are like 20 feet apart, uh, torches that are in sconces on the pillars burst into flame on either side. Of all you. right. I use prestidigitation to snuff my torch. Because, well, we have light. 
because relying on the torches from a magical castle that might actually be hostile towards you is a good idea. I can relight the torch. <laughs> also true. Also true. But the DM likes pointing out things. I don't want to like uh, burn it out completely while we're in an area with other light. And the last time the DM pointed out something like this, the party decided well, let's not take the long rest in the beds that have been provided for us. So, um, you know, whichever. Whichever route you choose to take, the DM is prepared for that. No, that's a lie. That is a blatant lie. Sometimes you take choices that I was not prepared for. Um, but the DM is okay with this. And that's why you love us. That's why I love everything about this and love getting to play games with my friends. Yes. Yay. So, do you choose to continue down through this passageway or do you choose to go along the wall? Up to you. Or choose a third option that I haven't thought of. Is it safe to move I choose a third option. Mazir goes into a song and dance number. <laughs> I go up the pillar. Who's the spider climbing? Okay. Now, you realize that it's very hard for your friends to follow you. Yes, I just want to see what's on the ceiling. Okay. Um, after you go about 60 feet, you haven't seen the ceiling yet. That's a tall pillar. That is a tall pillar. Okay, at 60 feet, I'll go back down. Okay. These pillars go way up. Higher than you remember? Or simply just higher than... Oh, I haven't, I haven't been here since I was an infant. Ah. So you have no, you would not know how hard, how high they originally were. Okay. No, but higher than I would expect given the outside. So we're dealing with something larger on the inside than it is on the outside. I appreciate that the one line I NPC said for you, word for word, was that it might be bigger on the inside. <laughs> yep. Well. That blue box over not, there is a little disturbing to see. Not surprising. But... Say again, Craig. The, the blue box over there that says police box on the top is a little unnerving. We're just gonna, it wasn't there yeah, before. We're just going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that. Most people do. <laughs> Fix time and space and all that. Fixed point in time. So Royalty is a newest cutting motion. Let's go forward. I agree. Okay. If the floor Great. hasn't swallowed us whole yet. Okay, so whichever pillars you are closest to, those torches light up. As you As torches light up, torches that were already lit snuff out. So the light is following you. It definitely has a flair for the dramatic. We're adventurers. We usually are the dramatic. I'm curious. You all stay here. Okay. And I'm going to go forward to the next several sets of pillars. Okay. The torches light up for you when you reach them, but the torches for the rest of the party do not go out. Okay. Seems safe. Come on forward. All right. uh, I will move forward. Seems safe. I'll move forward, but I'm going to ready my shield. It's almost as I if think you I will expect act, the DM I think I will cast an armor spell, just in case. Well, we are reaching a point where we're ending this, getting close to ending the session. Okay. So this is where the DM will, will throw will. in a cliffhanger <laughs> that, that might involve combat. <laughs> so the DM is not upset that you are preparing for a possible eventuality. Yes, yes I'd like to cast False Life on myself with a fourth level slot. Okay. That'll get you a lot of extra HP. <laughs> Bryn has all the hit points now. Yeah. Well, Bryn has well, cornered the market. The armor spell, I will activate my arcane ward. The lights go out. Dun, dun, dun. All of you readying for combat, as soon as you finish readying, the lights go out. Now, Mazir, this doesn't affect you, because, you know, the whole sea and magical darkness thing. The DM is constantly reminding himself of this, because if he forgets, that's going to be a point where you just point out, but I could actually see that, right? And the DM would go, oh, I got to change everything now. <laughs> Like like those times in the Kobold game when uh, Chris's character 
had to remind me that he had like a passive perception above 20. Like, right. Okay, yes. He just knows everything. And right now you have two people in the party who have passive perceptions. <laughs> yeah. Which two is that great are because, barely above 10. <laughs> well, when I, when I remember it, it's very convenient because I don't have to wait for someone to make a role for me to provide exposition. That's I can just fair. tell you. It is very fair for someone who DMs with a time limit. So, Mazir, as someone with rogue training, you clearly do look around your surroundings, So, but you can't look in every direction at once. The change does not happen when you are looking in the direction that would have been in front of you the way the party was moving. But right before the lights come back on, there is a wall that wasn't there before and a door. And the rest of you can see again because the lights came back on. That's new. And It still has that new wall smell. I'm going to check the door for traps. Go right ahead. Plan. I would like to cast Divine Sense again, please. You most certainly may cast Divine Sense again. You do not detect anything? Between between the 11 and the 11, I'm going to keep the 11. Okay. Well, with your plus 10, that still makes it be a 21. So, you know, fair. Um, and Eric, I also get to say that while not detecting anything um, could be seen as a failure... Uh, a confirmation that something is not there is still a result. So okay. useful information. Again, 61 feet away is where all the bad things are. <laughs> nothing bad happening can still be a good thing. Indeed. And nothing good happening can still be a bad thing. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate side of that equation. <laughs> okay. Cautiously, I will open the door. Okay. Um, well, here's something that I want to tell you about that wonderful role you just made when you go forward to check for traps. As you approach the door, it opens for you. Oh, rather polite. That's convenient. But also, you still check the door frame and such for traps because uh, the 21, I'm not just throwing that right. away. You still don't see any traps other than the fact that the door opened for you and it wasn't here a moment before. Well, the fact that it's making a path for us is probably a good sign. It might be a bad sign if it wants to lead us somewhere terrible, but I get the feeling that it could just make perhaps, places from, a lot more terrible than perhaps it is. it's recognizing that it's that the royalty has come home let's hope the floor falls well, out for you you are all put in the garbage master on the detention level <laughs> <laughs> that is not canon that is not happening <laughs> I need to specify that because Good, sometimes because my jokes are Because there is not enough prestidigitation in the whole galaxy for that. Well, <laughs> also, you don't know of any Warforge that are in a control room that you can send a message to with sending to let them know to turn off all the garbage mashers on the detention level. So there is that. Um, so the room is dark until you enter. I'm assuming that you're entering. Yes. Yeah. If um, Mazir is. Okay. Um, when... You enter torches all along the edge of the room. So you actually see the other side of the room, which is the same side you're on because it's round. Um, the, the room is about 60 feet wide and there's torches evenly spaced every 10 feet going all around the edge. All those torches light up and torches don't have a, the best range in the world so far as a light source, but they have a decent enough range that there is a dimly lit statue of um, what appears to be an old man looking very regal and stern in the middle of the room. Was there a plaque or, or inscription? There is yeah, no plaque or inscription. 
Do I recognize any of the features of the statue? That is a very good question, and I'm going to have to end up doing a bit of metagaming because I'm forgetting some of the information about Mazir's backstory. Um, I know Mazir was last here as a child, uh, as a baby, so you have no real memory of this place. But what information were you given about your family? Um, my, as I recall, my grandfather took over the tower and then gave it to one of my parents. I don't remember which one. And then when Mazir was born, everything hit the uh, fan. Everything hit the fan. Uh, her father took his own life and her mother was thrown out. I'm going to guess Mazir's parents were not, um, tieflings. How should we put not. Yeah, they were not, they did not look upon, they did not look as you do. <laughs> no, they were human. Yeah, they were human. Tiefling is a very rare trait, and while two tieflings having a tiefling kid is a thing that can happen, more often they are a child of human parents. It's a, like, think of it as a recessive trait. Yep. I imagine there are many couples that while squabbling will argue, well, we, they certainly didn't get it from my side of the family. <laughs> As a DM, I'm going to rule that in half of those cases, the person saying that is wrong. <laughs> Actually, recessive trait, all those cases would be wrong because it would have to be on both sides. So fair cop. So, so with that information, I'm going to say you Monsieur. don't recognize them because you wouldn't recognize anyone in your family except for your mom. I have a question for Monsieur. Mm-hmm. Um, how human are Monsieur's facial features? Does she look related to this person minus the tiefling traits, or do the tiefling traits uh, change her facial structure? She probably has stronger cheekbones and a stronger chin than she otherwise would, and of course she has the horns and the the weird coloration. But otherwise, I would say she looks fairly human, I think. So... I'm guessing this person looks like he could be related to her. Well, I don't know. I asked Crash that. And... Yep, I'm, I'm asking well, Crash. What are your passive perceptions? Um, uh, my passive perception is 20. My passive perception is also 20. And was your grandfather on your mom's side or your dad's side? Uh, uh, Curiosity uh, uh, question. Uh, 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 uh. My dad's side. Okay. So, um, kind of, sort of. I mean, it's two generations removed. And the the person, while elderly, is stereotypically male presenting, which is the opposite beard? of Mazir. There there is a beard. Comes about, um, well, they're wearing fine robes, as best you can tell from the sculpture. Um, but if they, if you could see their navel, the beard, the end of the beard, probably comes down to where their navel is. A dwarf would say that it's a half decent beard. It ain't bad. For Let me ask a different question. Yeah, impressive for a human. Let me ask a different question. Does the person uh, depicted in the statue disqualifyingly not look like Mazir? Um, you don't see anything that says, yeah, that person's definitely not related. I mean, other than the fact okay. that they are currently made of stone and, you know, there's there's genetics and then there's rock. <laughs> right. But, but, but aside from that, you don't see anything that rules it out. And honestly, even Rock doesn't always roll it out when there are people around who can cast flesh to stone. Though the size of the statue would tend to point away from that. The statue is larger than life. Well, you would hope. <laughs> Otherwise, this person is definitely not human. They might have been a Goliath. They are quite bald. 
Is there anything else in the chamber? Not that you see currently. Not even a door. What's the statue doing? Um, looking down on all who gaze upon it disapprovingly. That sounds like uh, a rock. Look upon my works, ye mighty, and despair. No, no, that's the Cobalt campaign. <laughs> it is? Well, you encountered um, a Cobalt statue that the inscription was Oh, right, oh, right, I remember yeah. that now. Yeah, Cindy picked it up right away. Anything you'd like to do in this room? I'm going to climb up the statue and examine it carefully. Okay. So as you go and put your foot on the base of the statue, there's a sizable cylindrical pillar upon which the carving of the statue is resting. Um, As soon as you put your foot on there to climb up, the statue turns and looks directly at you. And that's where we're going to end it for tonight. Uh, uh. All right. Statue. Yes. And I have stats for this. And they are fun stats. And Eric might enjoy this. <laughs> Just more. Or he might say after the first round, well, I'm done. I'm going to go play Seven Days to Die again. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for playing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Tonight I've been joined by a bunch of awesome people, including Archbeth hanging out in chat. Ellie, EO, Matt, Eric. Cindy's also hanging out in chat. Let's do a few quick plugs uh, going down the list here. So... Ellie runs a social network, runs a Mastodon. It's elek.xyz, E-L-E-K-K dot X-Y-Z. Um, all of our social detail information for those of us who have accounts in various places is in the cast page of the show notes. So go ahead and check that out. But many of us have homes there. Uh, continuing the line, Matt's brother-in-law writes books. And you can find those books at nogodsbeforeus.com. Eric has a Twitch stream. Twitch.tv slash Untamed Sin. That's S-Y-N. And Eo's mom also writes books. You can get those at Elizabeth-McCoy.com. So, uh, oh, one last thing. We have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gaming. Help us keep the lights on. Join other illustrious patrons, including Chris, Cindy, Ellie, and Eric. And until next time, this is Crash saying, I'm sure someone's going to come and rescue me soon. I, I, I guess they're running right after this thing, probably. Guys, guys, I'm sure they just didn't decide that I was gone and then head towards the tower anyway. I don't think that's something they do. They seem like really nice people. Hello? Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.